Hi, this is Mike Brissell, voice of Living with the Land and the Tomorrowland Transit Authority People Mover. We invite you to sit back, relax, and enjoy your Grand Circle Tour of Tomorrowland with the Mickey Dudes Podcast. Hello, humans, and welcome to another episode of the Mickey Dudes Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Koch. My co-host, Greg Nevis and Pat Gennetti, couldn't be with us tonight, so I am joined by some supercalifragilisticexpialidocious rotating team commentators. We have with us tonight Jeff Fitzgerald. Besides, they're tourists. What do they know? Jeff Williams. Flash photography. I wouldn't. It alters the homing signal, and that's not good. And from across the pond, Stephen Maxwell. I'm surrounded by idiots. Yes, you are surrounded by idiots, my friend, and that is why we are going to go back to you, because it's been a while since we've poked the angry bear. It's time for an episode of The Ranting Scotsman. We're headed across the pond to The Ranting Scotsman, Stephen Maxwell. Okay, here's what's getting my goat tonight. The chicken waffle sandwich. The chicken waffle sandwich was a staple diet for a lot of people going to Walt Disney World. They loved it. The sweetness, the savoury of the chicken, it just went together. And I know it was a great favourite of the Mickey dudes when they went to the the parks. And all of a sudden, about six months ago, Disney decided to pull it. No reason, no warning, they just decided no more chicken waffle sandwich. Come the end of September, Disney must have thought to himself, have we made a mistake? Have we listened to the public and our, our guests? Maybe we should bring it back. So they did. End of September, ended back in the menu at Sleepy Hollow. But it was smaller and it was $3 more. I don't know if Disney really just pulled this so that uh, they would have more of a want for it and obviously be able to downsize and create more money for himself. Uh, just maybe a wee bit too greedy, I think. But uh, hey-ho, it's back on the, the menu just now, and everybody seems happy. Although we'll see how long it lasts, or how long the price point lasts as it is as well. But that is what is poking the angry bear tonight. And today we're going to be talking about a family event that happens daily in Walt Disney World that pretty much creates some amazing memories for people every trip. The Meltdown? We're going to talk about the Meltdown? (laughs) (laughs) As you have heard, I can attest to many a Meltdown in Walt Disney World. I even had one at the Hub with some family members when I uh, kind of flipped out on them as I talked about in another show. And while the meltdown is always fun to watch, at least for the people who don't have children, ladies and gentlemen, pity them, don't be them. I'm talking about something a little more happier. I'm talking about the chance to eat a meal while Disney characters visit your table and you have some awesome pictures to be taken and great family memories. So gentlemen, I'd like you tonight to think about your favorite memories from a character dining experience. 
And we're going to discuss them in three different categories. First, the big four. These are character meals that have any of the signature four quintessential Disney characters, that being Mickey, Minnie, Donald, and Goofy. Then we're going to go move on to princesses. And then finally, meals that have miscellaneous Disney characters that you wouldn't find anywhere else. Sound good? Yep. Right arm. Works for me. All right, gentlemen. So let's get started. So for character meals that have some of the big five, we have the following. Over at Chef Mickey's in the Contemporary, we have Chef Mickey's Funtime Buffet, which offers breakfast and dinner. At the Animal Kingdom in Tusker House, we have Donald's Safari Meals that include breakfast, lunch, and dinner. You can get breakfast, lunch, and dinner at the Garden Grill in Epcot at Chippendale's Harvest Feast. In the studios, you can dine with Minnie and friends in their seasonal dinner. You can have a nice breakfast at Cape May Cafe while visiting Goofy's Beach Club Breakfast. And a little bit miscellaneous information, you can also enjoy a show at Fort Wilderness with Mickey's Backyard Barbecue Dinner Show. And some of you might not know this, but the Bonavista Palace in Disney Springs, the Four Seasons Hotel, and the Garden Grove at Swan offer a meal with big four characters. At the Bonavista Palace, you can get a Sunday breakfast. Four Seasons, you can get a breakfast. And at Garden Grove, they have a dinner, a Saturday breakfast, and a Sunday breakfast with a couple of extra characters. Some of these events Mickey might not show up at, but you'll have some of those big four within them. So gentlemen, my question to you is, which of these breakfast, lunches, or dinners have you tried at which restaurant? And share with our listeners some memories you had of them. First of all, what what was the title of the Chef Mickey's again? The complete title? Chef Mickey's is Chef Mickey's Funtime Buffet. Oh, I thought it was longer. It... There's nothing fun about that buffet. <laughs> there you go. That's what I was going with. <laughs> thank, thank you for that. Thank you for that interlude. I do what I can. Chuck, elaborate, please. The food is not that good. I mean, you are paying an arm and a leg to eat with Mickey and friends, and you're expected to eat what is essentially food out of a trough. It, it's terrible. I mean, the food is... Maybe I just went on a bad day, but... It was not good. I would not do it again for dinner, ever, under any circumstances. You see, this one, I have absolutely no desire to even try. And I happen to have a collection with all different character pictures, over 200 individual characters. But my feeling is if I want to get a picture with Mickey and the gang, I want them in their traditional clothing. I don't want them wearing chef suits or stuff like that. I want to get Sailor Donald. I want to have... Mickey in his tuxedo. I don't need him wearing a, a, a chef's hat or something like that. I want real Mickey Mouse. See, I disagree. I feel that the character meals give you a chance to get them out of their normal clothing, which is part of the draw for me at least. But you, you have to have food that's edible, and it, it's just not here. That's the other reason why I wouldn't do it. But I think with the whole character meal thing, a lot of parents use it so that they can avoid waiting on long lines later on so they get their character out of the way. They kill two birds with one stone. For that reason, I kind of feel that they should have a traditional meet and greet with their uh, regular clothes within a uh, character meal so that 
parents aren't, if they do want that traditional picture, aren't having to stay online afterwards. They can be out experiencing other attractions. Yeah, I know what you're saying, Dave, but the same way, it does give us an option. You know, if you are in the parks and you do get to see Mickey in his normal outfit, it does give it a wee bit of a twist in relation to something different. Uh, I'd went for breakfast there, and as Chuck was saying, it's not the best food, uh, but it's okay. You know, when you are just paying for the characters coming round and interacting at a table, and it's something different. And again, it's in the contemporary as well, which is a wee bit different as well to normal, you know, in the parks uh, with the monorail going through past you as well. I, I wouldn't do it again, but it's an experience that. I did, li- I did like, you know, uh, with the characters coming around for breakfast. Well, just watching the monorail go through from being on it and just looking down and seeing the meal going on, it just looks so cramped. Uh, it looks cramped from above. When you're actually there, it's not too bad. I mean, the tables, the tables are quite, nobody says spread out. This is, but you don't feel as if you're, you're up against each other. Okay, Jeff, what about you? Have you ever experienced this one? We've done Chef Mickey's many times. We've done the breakfast, kind of a brunch time, and dinner. Um, All three times we come away. Now, keep in mind, we did it with small children. Small children are easy to please. Um, You know, and and what I've told other people is you always finish well. You finish strong because they have this massive, you know, uh, dessert kind of section. But um, I have a, a hard time doing chef mickey's a like chuck said for the cost but b one of my major uh advantages of doing uh character breakfast in general is the before rope drop character breakfast time and that's that's the another advantage of having little children is you don't have to mess with the rope drop it with little children and you can kind of take your time getting inside and and take your time slowly getting to wherever you're going and then being kind of halfway into the park well, you do, you miss that with Chef Mickey's altogether. So, other than just you know maybe being a bucket list for you, um, th- it's really hard. It's a hard sell to for me to, to to justify doing Chef Mickey's. Now, if you are a contemporary fan, it's it's like you know the bee's knees. I mean, here you have the monorail going right through the restaurant. Um, but Chuck has alluded to this in the past too. Is though the noise level is pretty pretty mm-hmm. up there. So. Uh, you got to kind of factor that in. Um, that being said, I don't, I don't see me ever uh, doing this one again. Now, this is definitely a bucket that I am so willing to kick. I would go instead over to Epcot. I do want to try Garden Grill. It's one of those places I haven't had a chance to eat. The idea of getting to eat some of the vegetables that are grown in the land really does appeal to me. Here you can meet Farmer Mickey, Pluto, and Chippendale. Have any of you experienced this one? No, not done that. I have, and it's fantastic. Yeah, definitely. Anything notable to uh, really try out this one? Um, I believe the menus changed since I have been there. Uh, the last time I looked, I don't think they were doing the sustainable fish, but everything on the menu is fantastic. I mean, you have turkey, you have uh, a beef, you have fantastic mashed potatoes, a fantastic dessert, but the thing that really stuck out the most to me 
was the it was the bread it was the most simple option on the menu and it's something that everyone gets and by menu i mean it's actually served family style so you're going to get to try all of this stuff and you can get more of whatever you want but the bread that comes before the beginning of the meal was easily the best part that i experienced the bread was fresh it was fantastic it was nice and warm but it was the maple butter that really did the uh that, that sealed the deal for that one because there's nothing that I've had anything like it. I guess a little bit of sweet and a little bit of savory mixed together. Oh, it was fantastic. <laughs> That's check in a nutshell. You just, you, just <laughs> you know what? I'll, I'll be back. I'm going to go to uh. Garden Grill right now. Uh, I, I hope they're open. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I will say also the character interaction is is above par uh, at this restaurant. It, it, seems, it seems like they really go out of their way to, to do a little bit more. Uh, Chippendale is always acting up. It's just great. Agreed. Now, does the restaurant still rotate, or is that still broken? Yeah, it still rotates slowly. Um, it, it people always get kind of paranoid about that, but you don't even you don't even really notice it. Um, but it is kind of a neat feature that you get to see part of um, living with the land. The last few times I was in Epcot, I was uh, advised that it was broken when I was trying to make a reservation for it. So I kind of just want to have that experience while it's still rotating. Yeah. And I hear that for breakfast, the sticky buns are really good. Okay, I think you got us all on that one because um, the breakfast option is, is fairly new. And I think me and Chuck have had side conversations about this. It's kind of like our new bucket list thing to do is eat breakfast here. That's that's really high Absolutely. On you know, this might have been a side conversation that we then had at one point because uh, it might have been you guys that had said it or something like that, but... It was something that actually people had told me that it's worth going for breakfast just for the sticky buns, from my understanding. Nice. So, are they better than Gaston's? Well, think cinnamon buns. Oh, oh man, that's gonna be a research hard trip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dave, you got that Believe on the, it or not, on the I've never had one of those card, either. Right? Yeah, sure. I'll put it in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> we'll write that off as a business. We just expense. went platinum. Yeah, the IRS will love me. Stephen, back in the day, did you remember? Uh, Afternoon Sunday ice cream social at this place? No. Uh, I don't know why I said Sunday, <laughs> but anyway, it's every day. But they, it, it, it was uh, ice cream social. It was a crazy, awesome idea. It was um, between about two o'clock to four o'clock, so kind of like tea time. But it was it was about thirteen dollars, which on the outset sounds kind of steep, but it was essentially all you can eat ice cream. And with beverages included, and then all the same characters. So they just cycled through. So you, you, I mean, it was brilliant. It was like for us, that was like the best deal. Going That's a win-win. I wish they would keep that. No like kidding. Gordon. It wow. was such an That's awesome like deal. Cheese and cream with characters, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was great. Sounds like it's got everything but the kitchen sink. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't resist. That was pretty good. The new breakfast offering, though, that that's an interesting strategy is, you know, like I said, to get into a place before rope drop and then be closer to an attraction. Well, you can imagine getting there early, like an 8 o'clock, and, and then taking your time and eating, and you just roll out of there and just hop on Soren, and then when you're done with Soren, you hop on Living with the Land. I mean, you can't beat that deal. Definitely. Anybody else? No, it's, it's nothing. I've never ever been to... Uh, living with well, you know, in the garden grill, uh, anything like that. Never even actually been there for any sort of a meal at Epcot. Maybe it's something I'm missing out on. Oh, you absolutely are missing out. 
for me, it's also been one of those things. I very rarely eat in Future World because there's so many good options in the World Showcase that I just end up doing Future World in the morning. If I am doing, uh, if I am doing Epcot, I'm usually just either grabbing a quick uh, scone or something over at Sunshine Seasons, or I'm getting a pastry and a uh, nice caffeinated beverage at Joffrey's Coffee, the official coffee of the Mickey Dudes podcast, and I'm going on my way trying the Red Soren. Yeah, in that regard, it's a hard sell. It really is. I mean, um, one one of the same the same argument for early rope drop is also when you have little kids you tend to kind of bail on the parks uh, before the the nighttime festivities so it's kind of like i guess it goes hand in hand we're on our way out so we're like let's eat dinner here wind down and then just leave leisurely before the crowds come so it's kind of reverse wait did you just say you skipped illuminations (laughs) heathen Not not willingly, not willingly. That was with little kids. <laughs> kids have good buggies. Okay, for so reason. they need they need to go to bed. That's fair enough. I have friends yeah. who have children who still have not seen any of the nighttime spectaculars because they are on strict schedules, and it's not worth it for them to mess up their schedule for a vacation and then later on try to fight to get them back on it. So I'll give you that. Well, one. they deserve you it. Get a pass. They should be punished for their mistakes. Once a fortnight, or once every two years for a fortnight, especially for ourselves, I think it's something that they could uh, benefit from. Put it that way, seeing the illuminations at all the nighttime activities. Uh, Well, that's the thing. If you're there for two weeks, plus you have that um, major uh, time difference, they're going to be exhausted anyway by the time they get home anyway for you guys. So. You guys across the pond got it good in that way. <laughs> All right, so has any of you ever tried the seasonal uh, dinner at uh, Hollywood and Vine that has uh, Mickey and uh, his friends dressed up in all different types of get-ups? I know for uh, now I think it's uh, some type of movie night thing where uh, Mickey's dressed as a director, Minnie's a, a starlet... Other times, uh, around Christmas time, for instance, it's all uh, Christmas attire. And then in the springtime, it's they're wearing pastels, stuff like that. Anybody ever experienced this? No. No, I've done that either. No, not with the characters. No. Uh, well, well no. that's the thing. I mean, because in order to experience this one, you, that would mean you actually have to eat at Hollywood and Vine. Well, and I've done that. <laughs> I, have yeah. t- I have too, and honestly... I don't want to say never again. Uh, I think that I would begrudgingly do it if I had a group then and I needed to get a, uh, fa- a phantasmic dinner package. It would be the last yeah. option. I mean, nowadays you can just see phantasmic a lot easier, but even st- even still, I think I kind of would just want uh, to have that seating as a um, backup just in case. So I think if I couldn't find something at Mama Melrose's or Hollywood Brown Derby... The, the Derby would be my first uh, choice, but it's a signature. It all depends on who I'm with. It depends on their finances at the time. Mama Melrose's, I'll I'll try to avoid because I'm half Italian living in New York City. I can get excellent Italian food here. I can't see going to Florida for Italian food, although Via Napoli is the exception to that, but they send the water down from up by me. So there you go with that one. So it is an option, but I really don't like the frozen food that they give out there 
We'll come back to it, though, for the breakfast offering. It's the same food at every buffet. Yeah, true. So where you would say, which is ironic because where you would say never again to Hollywood and Vine, I'd say never again to Chef Mickey's. And I would absolutely give Hollywood and Vine a chance again because it has the create your own pasta bar. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, last time I was there, it had a chocolate fountain for desserts. You see, I can put that out of my, I can put that out of my mind that it's probably the same food from everywhere, but it's just... I guess it's just the experiences I've had at Hollywood and Vine in the past. I kind of just, maybe it's just connected in some way in my brain. So I just kind of have to, uh, I guess I go in with on a sour note every time. So I guess I really wouldn't. Uh, so you make yourself have a bad be time. Yeah, interested. Pretty much. I guess I'm a bit self-destructive. <laughs> I mean, I do podcasts with you, so. That is the treat you of your day. <laughs> Something like that. And on that note, Tusker House, Pog Juice. <laughs> that's all you need. Enough said. That, that's all you need. Exactly. <laughs> For our listeners, can somebody enlighten our listeners on to what Pog Juice is? Some other places call it Frunch. Some places call it Jungle Juice. But it's all pretty much the same thing throughout Disney World. Yeah. So, um, you know, Frunch um, is actually... It's got, I think French has uh, a couple of different ingredients added. Uh, uh, Pog juice, I believe, is... Uh, um, Passion sorry, fruit, orange, and guava. Okay. And what's French? And where can one get French? I think you're making up words again, Dave. All right. Well, if any of our listeners know where one can get French in Walt Disney World, please tweet us at the Mickey Dudes. Have any of you experienced this meal? Nope. By the way, you can get breakfast, lunch, and dinner here with the characters yeah th- this is uh, absolutely our favorite character meal of all time um it, it started out at donald's breakfast thesaurus over in uh dinoland i think it was an excuse to just kind of funnel people that direction uh they actually call it breakfast thesaurus but it's at restaurantosaurus correct <laughs> it was you know if you've ever been restaurantosaurus it's very interesting a lot of detail um a lot of cool backstory. Um, they they were all wearing kind of like their um, you know archaeologist costumes, but now it's over in Africa in Tusker House, which is still its own set of theming, and and they're on safari, so they have their safari outfits. Um, it's probably just as long a walk either direction. So, but now one of the cool things is when when you finish eating, if you can get a before rope drop once again. Uh, you can roll over into uh, be the, one of the first on safari, and that the food is unique. Um, it's definitely got some Americanized food in there, uh, including Krispy Kreme donuts. Um, but also one of the cool advantages is just some unique spicier affair um, blended in there. So it's a li- little mixed bag for the whole family. Um, but the character interaction is pretty pretty cool. You do get one of those uh, single-shot pictures with Safari uh, Donald uh, before you are seated, so it's kind of a nice little feature. Um, and But like I said, if you can get in and be one of the first on Safari, that is absolutely the best animal uh, interactivity that you'll have. Um, they're the most active, and the earlier you're in there, the better. And it goes for all year long. What I find most ironic about that one is a pair of waterfowl and a rodent on safari. If this was actually the Serengeti, they wouldn't last a minute out there. Yeah. 
They had breakfast. <laughs> exactly. Now, all right, so if we got a second. I've, I remember pulling up French. Uh, so French, I don't even know if they serve that anymore. I think, to be honest with you, I think French is only served at Boma for breakfast. Okay. Uh, it is uh, lemon juice, pineapple juice, orange juice, mango juice, and grenadine. Um, so it's a slightly different. Um, I think like the other one is just a couple of ingredients, like Chuck said. But uh, I've made this. I've made both of them before at home. It's really tough finding mango juice um, unless you're in a unique parts of the United States. But <laughs> but. Uh, but it, not by me. I just go down to the Quona Bodega and I can get exactly. it right away. <laughs> mango juice over here. No problem. No problem, huh? <laughs> no problem. No problems. <laughs> Jeff, I think the problem is where you live. Exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> it, but it is a, a fun... Those drinks are fun to make at home for sure. Okay, has anybody ever been to the uh, backyard barbecue or as I call it, the backwoods barbecue? None of us have. Pat is the only one that I know of that's been to this. Oh, of course. Well, it's backwoods, so it makes perfect sense. That Pat would be. Yeah, the Connecticut guy from the backwoods. <laughs> I'm sh- I'm sure Kyle has also been there too. Bam, 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 bam. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, yeah. I don't know about Kyle. Maybe he has, but uh, we have tried. We actually almost did it once uh, when we were staying at Fort Wilderness, but it's a huge challenge because it's only offered on the weekends and um it is outdoors Uh, they do have covered pavilions but come on it's a very small time window in florida uh, central florida where outdoors is enjoyable to to be out in a character environment exactly for both guests and i would imagine characters alike well i was gonna say pat did carry on about you know the bottomless beer, I believe. I don't know, something like that. All the Bud Light you can drink. Well, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong about that. I'm not surprised. Pat carrying on, it just kind of fits. <laughs> if that's not the pot calling the kettle black. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you should talk, my friend. Come on. Yeah, and imagine what Tim would be saying about all oh, we, oh, you can drink Bud Light. I think he'd be <laughs> yeah, turning you, upside you, down by now. <laughs> well, the fact that they're serving Bud Light would be a reason why I wouldn't be going anyway. <laughs> Right there, I I have class. But that's another story for another time. But that's because I teach. But that's another sub story for another time. Have any of you tried any of these lesser known um, meals at places like the Four Seasons or um, at the Swan? Nope. Because these are these kind of surprised me. I found these on uh, Kenny the Pirate's website. He had a listing of them, and there's another one that kind of surprised me that we'll talk about in a little in a little bit. But before we move on, Chuck, we had a conversation about how you and I would most definitely on any day avoid the Cape May Cafe. And Mm -hmm. consequently, we will not be going to Goofy's Beach Club breakfast. Can you explain why to our listeners? Well, for anyone who's ever been in the lobby or anywhere near Cape May Cafe, all you can smell is fish. It radiates from that restaurant-like radiation from... uh, Ah, oh, radiator springs. Yeah, all right, radiator springs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know the uh, simile right there wasn't the greatest, but let's just say Chernobyl radiation from Chernobyl. <laughs> it reeks. Yeah, it is terrible. 
Like, there is less fish smell at the fish packing plant. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I'd give you that. For some reason, it kind of dissipates a little at breakfast, maybe because Mickey waffles cure all. But the rest of the day, when they are not serving, well, if you walk through that lobby late at night, you're just, you're definitely smelling fish. Even when the restaurant's not open, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. I mean, not at the, not in the main part where the front desk check-in is, but if you go anywhere near the restaurant or they have a uh, bar that's attached to it, there's a lounge that's attached to it, I think it's Martha's Vineyard for the, over there. Uh, it just does not uh, smell that appealing at any time of the day. Now, I got that same... No, fish should not smell like right. fish. I got that same uh, nauseating smell the last time I was walking by a uh, cheap buffet in Vegas. I think it's the crab legs. That could be it. That would make that would make perfect sense because the Cape May Cafe is known for their crab legs. It's an all seafood buffet at dinner time. And I happen to love seafood, but just this one, it's just if it's too fishy, if it smells like the ocean, you shouldn't be eating it. Dave, do you smell the ocean or do you smell the Long Island sound? <laughs> Actually, I smell the East River by oh, me. You don't want which is not if it does, that, smells like that. Yeah, definitely no. don't eat it. Exactly. Listen, do you smell something? I I ran by. I, <laughs> side story: I was on a run a couple nights ago, and I was running parallel to the river, and there was a guy fishing. And as I'm passing by, the guy is pulling out a couple two fish that he caught on the same hook, and the thing that really stuck with me is the fish actually thanked the man for taking them out of the water. <laughs> But up, up. Big thumbs up. And now, gentlemen, let's move on to princesses. Here, less pickings, but still some very popular options. We have three. You have your standard one, Cinderella's Royal Table, two credits on the dining plan, considered signature dining. Is it really? We'll discuss. Akershus Royal Banquet Hall, you have, you have Princess Storybook Meals, which offers breakfast, lunch and dinner and in the Grand Floridian at 1900 Park Fair you have what is my favorite character meal Cinderella's Happily Ever After Dinner have any of you experienced any of these let's start with Cinderella's Royal Table my daughter's been there uh, and it is one of these things with the princesses that that's all you really go for again the food's not that great especially for kids uh, it was like chicken tenders that she was getting and she felt as if it was very very rushed uh, the princesses want to interact with you and take you away and do things and they do come round to your table but when she was away the server came away and took her food away which I didn't think was the best best thing, you're, you're paying top dollar for these and we were lucky enough to get a, a booking just at the last minute uh, in our, one of our last trips and again it's it's one of these things would you do it again? probably not it's a once in a lifetime experience but you wouldn't do it every time you were going but again the, the, the food's your standard run of the mill f- food and for what you're paying I, I don't know if I would do that again Jeff? yeah I, we've eaten here uh Pretty much breakfast, lunch, or dinner. Um, is it's a very variable uh, character interaction based on breakfast, lunch, or dinner. Um, all of them are very expensive. I think would we say on the range of the seventies? I don't remember the exact price. Um, 
Um, but it is very expensive. Uh, we've never come away thinking, boy, that was an awesome experience. Um, it's a prefix menu. So you get kind of get what you get and don't throw a fit kind of thing. <laughs> um, the character interactions are kind of cool. Um, they, especially when you get the, um, fairy godmother and then, um, Lady Tremaine and, and, um, the stepsisters, Drizella and Anastasia. But, um, it, for a boy, it's a tough sell. Uh, for a girl, they, they kind of go gaga for this. But as we're probably going to transition into Ecker Shoes, uh, that's probably going to be a way bigger hit nowadays, especially since Frozen's right next door. Now, my question, though, is this. You had mentioned Lady Tremaine and the stepsisters. Was that the villain soiree that they were doing during the uh, Halloween party? Because I never remembered seeing them any other time. Um, that's what I said. It's kind of a rotating thing. It This literally was years ago, but they were there for breakfast. Oh, okay. Sometimes you get the, the mice, um, which is a cool uh, benefit. But they they kind of change it up, I think, trying to keep it fresh. I think now they just stick straight to princesses, which... Um, I think, well, I had taken my niece there on a family trip, and we had did a uh, show on Magic Moments uh, in our infancy, and this is the restaurant where one of my favorite family Magic Moments ever happened, and it was Belle that came out, and what surprised me first was Belle was in her blue peasant uh, dress. She wasn't in her yellow ball gown, which I kind of found a bit funny, but now looking at pictures of her wearing it in Disneyland... It is quite big and full, so it might be just a uh, logistics yeah. thing of kind of walking through the restaurant with that right. thing on. It kind of might be a little bit too full or something. But they had Belle at this time, and she came behind my niece, who was four years old at the time, and hid behind her chair and started playing hide-and-seek with her. And then once she saw my niece and started talking to her, she said, Oh, wait a minute. I met you in Epcot in France uh, on Saturday. And... She started talking to her about the conversation that she that they were having from Epcot uh, later on about her day. And she says, you were wearing that lovely uh, purple shirt with the dinosaur on it. And she remembered my niece. And we were all completely shocked. I mean, I looked at my brother and sister-in-law and they had tears in their eyes. I mean, here's a girl that sees hundreds of children in a day. And this that was Saturday. And this was a Wednesday night. So... She, as a princess, she's quite busy dealing with her loyal subjects. And she remembered a little girl that she met on Saturday after probably seeing a hundred other children within that set. So it really showed me how awesome Princess Belle is. And it really made for an amazing moment. So, yeah, the food was nothing to write home about. But yeah, I kind of have cool. a little soft spot for that restaurant. It's the same as, as eating in a castle as well. You know, there's a premium for that. You know, all right, the food's no great. The experience is relatively good with the princesses, but you're eating in the middle of the Magic Kingdom in the castle. What more do you want? Exactly. Now, Akershus, you said, is becoming a very big hit now because it, of its proximity to Frozen. I'm sure, I'm sure that there will be eventually a Frozen uh, type of... Uh, character breakfast i mean i think they would be a fool not to i think if they did that though they would have to suspend 
Anna and Elsa at that time meeting at Summerhus because there's only one Anna and Elsa and they can't be meeting in the same place in the same pavilion. So that can be a bit confusing. So I think that, but they can really bring in Kristoff. Um, they can bring in uh, the other guy, the Life is the Open Door guy, who I can't remember his name at the moment. Ooh. Hans. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if they could, if they could create a walk around Sven, that would be pretty cool. But I don't. I'm not going to hold my breath on that one. But I am looking forward to my trip in December because I'm going to be eating here with my uh, niece. And this is the only restaurant in the uh, World Showcase that I have not tried yet. So it's one of those things of just to be able to say, okay, I've eaten in every single country in the World Showcase. I mean, yeah, I know that in the Metro card is going to get me on the subway, but. It's something that uh, it's something that kind of makes me smile to be able to say. Have any of you been there? Yeah, we've we've done the Acre nope. Shoes thing um, nope. a couple of times actually. Um, but boy, howdy, it is a haul um, from the bus stop to Acre Shoes is a mile. Um, so you can imagine some parents pushing a stroller all the way back to there. It's your calves are burning, you're dripping wet by the time you get back there. So it's a big commitment to make it back there for sure. Um, now, back then, it was just kind of an overflow for Cinderella's Royal Table. Um, now, it's it might be the new big ticket item because it's right next to the big new Norway uh, um, adventure stuff. Uh, all the add-ons with Frozen. Uh, so I can actually see myself doing this again because uh, you are right there. Once you finish breakfast, you can really just roll in there and don't even have to waste a fast pass on. Uh... Totally agreed. Now, moving on, if I was to recommend any character meal, the one that I would tell you to go to is definitely the Cinderella's Happily Ever After dinner at 1900 Park Fair. And the reason for that is you get some incredible interaction with Cinderella's stepsisters, Anastasia and Drizella. They are absolutely hilarious. Anytime these two are together, they're a riot. If they see a guy, they come around, they're all flirty with the guy. I always make sure to tell one, wow, you're hot. And then I tell the other one, I'm just kidding, it's, it's you that I want. Or I'll ask one of them, yeah, can you get me your sister's number? And then they just start fighting over me. It's just the most hilarious thing. It's, And then Lady Tremaine comes and you just ask her, you know, don't you feel upset at the, the failure you've done with these two when you look at Cinderella, how successful she is, and you have these two? And she just gets so mad at you. And then you just start busting on her daughters for their singing. And she's trying to defend them. It's absolute. It's absolutely a riot. It's everybody should experience this one. Plus, for little girls, they uh, really, they really have a, a magical moment getting to meet Prince Charming because it's one of the only places that you can meet him. Sometimes uh, the princes meet with the uh, princesses around Valentine's Day and the Christmas party. They used to do it at the Halloween party too, but for this year. They're doing princesses with their villains. So it's uh, Sleeping Beauty meeting with Maleficent. And I think it's um, Snow White meeting with the Evil Queen at the, uh, at the Halloween party. And on top of that, you get this awesome strawberry soup that they serve at 1900 Park Fair. Anybody else try this one? 
Oh yeah, this last uh, summer we tried the new brunch. Uh, it was it was fabulous. Um, it was interesting. The brunch did not advertise characters, but I don't know if they just felt a little guilty or or what. But they kept the characters out, so we were we got a nice bonus. <laughs> and that will transition into our miscellaneous ones because here at 1900 Park Fair you could also experience the supercalifragilistic espialidocious breakfast which includes the Mad Hatter Alice, Winnie the Pooh and Tigger and with its namesake you get to meet Mary Poppins but wearing her nanny attire now in Epcot she meets wearing her jolly holiday garb or whatever you call it, dress, whatever that thing is but she's dressed as the British nanny in this particular meet and greet which is always a fun opportunity. She's walking around with the umbrella. Last time I was there, I asked why it wasn't talking, and her answer was, the umbrella is temperamental. Oh, was that answer? <laughs> Any of you guys ever try this one? Nope. Nope. Not either. It's definitely one you should put on your list. I agree. And plus, they also serve the strawberry soup then, too, so... Everybody should try the strawberry soup over at 1900 Park Fair. Is that a hot strawberry soup, or cold one it's no, a it's, cold it's, cool. it's like a cold it's, it's cool it's, yeah, like, a it's like a strawberry yogurt soup and it it's basically made it's basically made with strawberry puree and i guess vanilla yogurt and i guess they put some other stuff in it maybe a little grenadine for color but then they also take chunks of fresh strawberries and they dip it in there too so when you kind of when you ladle it out it's strawberries inside of a strawberry soup so it's just strawberries on top of strawberries, but it, if you like strawberries, it's delicious. If you're nice. allergic to strawberries, yeah, no, I'd stay away from it. Good advice. Yes. <laughs> you know me, always uh, trying to uh, be helpful. You can all say thank you, Captain Obvious. And with that, let's move on to another very popular one, the Crystal Palace, the Winnie and Pooh and Friends Breakfast, Lunch, and Dinner. I'm sure everybody here has experienced this one. This is... Pure quintessential Walt Disney World right here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, done that one. Uh, yep. I think that's really good. Uh, again, it's normal fare for your, your food, but the characters, they do come around a couple of times. I mean, maybe it's just how long it took us to, to eat breakfast, but uh, the interaction, especially with younger kids, you know, like maybe between two and three uh, with the characters, is, is fantastic because they do spend a lot of time with them. And I think that's one of the ones where it's not the dearest of character meets either. Uh, and you do get four or five different characters going there as well. I think it's well worth the money. Uh, especially if you're going to go for breakfast anyway. And it's going to be the normal stuff that you get outside in the parks. I would, I would recommend this very, very highly. Aside from the Christmas party, I think this is the only place... Oh, and the Halloween party. I think this is the only place that you can meet Piglet and Eeyore. And at the Halloween party, most of the time they're wearing Halloween costumes and they have like Christmassy sweaters on. So this is the actual time where you can get a picture with classic Piglet and classic Eeyore. Anybody else have comments about this one? It's also a beautiful restaurant. Yes. Absolutely phenomenal. Um, Yeah, you do get uh, all the characters uh, run through there and... But it's well lit. It's really an awesome because there's a lot of glass light, a lot of glass in this uh, exterior. It uh, makes for awesome place to take some pictures with the characters. And I'm going to go ahead and give um, 
Chuck a lead-in to our favorite uh, all-time dessert product. Um, did, did you say dessert, or did you mean breakfast? Exactly. The Pustoff French Toast. Can't elaborate. Mic drop. That's it. That's all you need. <laughs> <laughs> the end. Fantastic. Get it. it. It's actually, it, it's really bizarre because they put it in the kids, like, really low on the kids section. Like, it's just this kid product. Like that's going to stop But me. it's the really? best thing ever. I know. It's like, are you kidding me? I, I filled my whole plate with these. It's just phenomenal. It's just, I mean. What's it's just... in it? Because I skipped it the last time I was there. I was trying to eat healthy that entire trip. So I basically had a plate of fruit for my uh, time there, which was incredibly stupid considering what I paid. But I was really trying to uh, slim down for a race. No, it's there's nothing really elaborate. It's just, it's really just like a fry bread. Uh, dipped in uh, sugar and cinnamon, but but it's just the fact that it's you know I guess the bread is very sweet dough, um, so it's why it's classified as a French toast. Um, but I don't know, it just hits the spot. Maybe it's because by the time you get there, you're starving. But <laughs> but it, it it always is phenomenal to me. But not for nothing, they need a better name. They should not be calling it Poo Stuff French Toast. O-O-H, not O-O. Also, it's Puffed. Puffed. Puffed French Toast. Oh, okay. I thought he said Poo Stuffed French Toast. I'm like, wait a second. That just... Okay. <laughs> uh, I, that's why I was thrown off. I'm like, wait a second. This doesn't... I was uh, too excited jive by the... Uh, <laughs> He's excited. By the thought of getting down there. I just wanted to... Now I got to go look for a breakfast ADR. Great. I know. (laughs) And speaking of ADRs, the granddaddy of them all, Ohana, you can visit the Best Friends Breakfast featuring Lilo and Stitch, where you can also meet Mickey and Pluto. And this one, I like Ohana. I I love dinner at Ohana. I'm not as much a fan of breakfast because breakfast Mm -hmm. is pretty much the same everywhere in Walt Disney World. I mean, yeah, you can't go wrong with Mickey waffles, bacon, eggs, all of that. It's the bounty platter. But what I kind of feel is that there is so many great different sauces and different pineapple things that you can do that uh, would make a really great breakfast item that would be signature just to Ohana. Maybe maybe something with spam in it because... Hawaiians love their spam. Believe it or not, Hawaiians love their spam. It's a it's a holdout from the World War II days, but you order Hawaiian eggs in places, and it's always they always include a lot of spam in their no. You're 100 right. It's, it's it's a you are 100 percent right. But you phenomenon. just said Disney should put spam yeah. on a menu. <laughs> but it's it's just for the whole it's just for the whole Hawaiian thing I mean it's 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 a cultural thing over there so I kind of just feel like that should just like be added in because it's become such a part of Hawaiian pop culture that it's kind of just it's just the norm I kind of feel that there should be something to represent I'm not disagreeing spam 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 I'm not disagreeing I think a pineapple may be a little bit of a better way to go than spam I said that too but you know, I'm the creative type, and I can think out of Spam the box. Spam ham, unlike you. <laughs> yes, exactly. Would you? Could you on a boat? Would Spam you? Could a you on a, oh no, that's the wrong. That's a wrong uh, park. This week's episode is not brought to you by Joffrey's Coffee. It is brought to you by the fine folks at Spam. 
The one can has been sitting there for 90 years and it'll taste exactly the same. That's because you've lost the key to open the tin. <laughs> um, and there was a Disney podcast that was talking about spam a couple... Uh, I was listening to on a run a couple weeks ago and I can't remember which one it the was. The spam cast. It's going to drive me nuts. Oh, I'm going to have to like, go excellent. back into... Yeah, I'm going to have to go back into uh, the back episodes of one of my favorite podcasts. Because <laughs> well, to get back to Ohana and away from spam, <laughs> um, another great part of this breakfast is this also has the pog juice, which I can eat the entire pitcher of, or drink the entire pitcher of, rather. Uh, not really yeah. good for the people that I'm eating with, but, you know, whatever, I do what I want. We've learned, we've learned to uh, tune you out at, uh, at breakfast when you want. Well, it's fine. You, I'll be drinking all the juice. You'll know where to find me. But other than that, there's nothing really to write home about. The character character interactions are fun. And your own skillet. Well, yes, I did have my own skillet, but that was at Whispering Canyon. Um, the food... Oh, yeah, Jeff was there for that, too. Anyways, the, the food at Ohana, not much to write home about. It's sausage, potatoes, eggs, and Mickey waffles. Serve family style like most of... The character meals tend to be, uh, except for the buffets, there's not really an order off the menu type thing. But it's it's very homogenized. It's very similar to every other breakfast character meal that you'll have. But the uh, what really makes this one is the view of the Magic Kingdom from across the uh, the restaurant at the Polynesian, the the juice, and then the character interaction. Mickey's got his. You know, Hawaiian shirt, you have Lilo, you have Stitch. It's really a fun atmosphere, and every, I think it's 20 minutes, maybe a little bit longer, they do a parade for the kids around the restaurant where they're, I don't know if they have maracas or they're just waving their napkins or both, um, but it really gets the kids engaged. It really gets the kids up and moving and interacting with the characters in a way that you don't see outside of the now you see I love interacting with Stitch but Lilo comes around and I'm running away cowering like the dogs were cowering in the kennel when Stitch was in there because I just can't put it out of my head that the girl that did the voice of uh, Lilo is also the girl that played the, the crazy demon in uh, the ring so it's just one of those things that just Lilo just freaks me out <laughs> fun, for, fun story when uh, Heather and I went down the first time we had breakfast at Ohana, Stitch came up behind her. She had no idea. I saw him coming, and I ignored it. But he decided to scare her. It was one of the funniest things I had ever seen. <laughs> and then the next year, Pluto put my head in his mouth. So you know, <laughs> I thought you were going. I thought you there's, were going somewhere else with uh, Pluto. Uh, that uh, Stitch was about to do. I'm like. Oh, he's not going to say it. And okay, I'm glad you said scare. No, no, this is a family I show. Thought, I thought he was. I thought you were going to say something else, and I'm. I'm glad that you didn't go there. But I just have this mental picture now of that, and it just, it's it's twisted. Stitch has a glitch. Yes. <laughs> yeah. All right. So before Dave perverses Disney World anymore, Jeff, do you have anything further about uh, <laughs> Ohana, or have we pretty much beat this one? Pretty much. I I can't. I've done it once, one and done kind of thing. I can't imagine doing this unless it's an off day for me. Um, we're I guess we're a go 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 family on vacation uh, for our park days, but we like to unwind and take our time. So I could I could see doing it on an off day. But uh, mainly, uh, especially if I was staying at Polynesian, of course. And with that, we're going to end on 
a very popular one for younger children. Uh, parents like going to this one with their children because it kind of does appeal to the masses for the toddler age, and that is the Playhouse Disney breakfast over at Hollywood and Vine, where you can meet all sorts of characters that you normally wouldn't get to meet in the parks. Have any of you ever tried this one? No, done this again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, we, we do that. We've done this many times. In fact, we just came across some video of my youngest one doing it when she's about oh the cute, perfect two-year-old age, and she's getting up and dancing to who knows. I think it was, uh, and back then it was some you know, five generations of characters ago. This character interaction uh, rotates uh, quite a bit. Right now, I think it's uh, Sophia the First and Jake and the Pirates, maybe, for breakfast. Um, Neverland Pirates. Handy Manny and uh, uh, Doc McStuffins also. Yeah. And so uh, it's it's a venue, perfect venue for Disney to show off their newest characters. Um... And, and it's interactive. It's very lively. They have two performers that, that lead the shows on both sides, and they're very energetic, and they sing and dance and get the kids up and moving. Uh, so as far as the toddler crowd goes, this is a brilliant move by Disney. Otherwise, I'd just steer clear of it. It's just, it's just It becomes more of a, a nuisance than anything <laughs> if you don't have little kids. Um, but uh, the food is actually right on par with probably Crystal Palace. Uh, there's no, you know, poo-puffed French toast, unfortunately, but but in general, I mean, it gets you going. The one, I will put this caveat out there so people aren't don't get their hopes up. This is not a restaurant that gives you any advantage of uh, in front of the crowds. They actually allow people to move up to the end of Hollywood, um, um, Hollywood Boulevard. So there's no advantages. You actually get stuck with the regular crowds, uh, just like anybody else. So this is just a really a toddler kind of love thing. So, um, w- w- you guys know anything about the new food g- early morning feature? I don't know if this is that feature restaurant or where where you eat at. I don't know if there's a restaurant attached to the early morning entry for the studios. It wouldn't surprise me if there was one, but I would. I think that this restaurant does character meals all day. I don't think that they would stick a character meal on top of early entry for rides if you're paying for it. I think that they would charge so much more if that was the case. So I don't think it's this one. Yeah, I couldn't remember which restaurant it was, but that would be the only... I don't, you know, if they give you some kind of ticket or something is what I'm getting at, where you can actually move on back to start riding rides kind of like the the magic kingdom um event but i know there's that morning feature here i just couldn't remember what restaurant i do think that's what maybe they should offer is you're taking your time with your day okay you're doing the character breakfast but especially the one at like hacker house or you know other ones that are close to big rides you know like garden grill is give you a free fast pass to the nearest ride you know being the frozen ride or uh sodom yeah i just think it's something extra they could give you yeah that's what i think too <laughs> free fast passes maybe i uh had a really good time over here with uh, my friend's daughter i ended up taking her over to this breakfast because her uh, family was there on business and at that day 
her mother wasn't feeling well and her father had to stay back at the hotel to uh, do a little bit of um, work. So I had the morning with um, a six-year-old that I keep entertained. So we were able to get a walk-up that day. So I took her over to this. She really enjoyed it. And then we did the whole uh, Little Mermaid thing. And I was able to get uh, fast past the Toy Story. So... It was a really, it was a really nice memory of having getting to go here. I normally wouldn't have gone here having no children, but and now my niece is a little too old for it. But it was one of those on the fly, and I was pretty glad I did it, even though I did have to eat that terrible Hollywood and Vine food. But <laughs> you win some, you lose some. So the early morning magic thing is uh, ABC commissary, and it's not no characters are involved, but. That's the one where they give you the Star Tours, Toy Story Mania, um, and then you get character meet and greets with Woody and Buzz. So I guess in a sense it's got characters, but anyway. Oh, and Olaf. Huh. Oh, well, that's right there is a good selling point. Yeah, there you go. And we will talk about that another day. Maybe we'll have Doug from uh, WDW Main Street on to talk about those, because he just loves those events. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to wrap up today. Hope that we uh, didn't make you too hungry on your commute over to work. Before we go, let's take a minute to uh, let everybody know where we come from on the interwebs. Where can they find you, Chuck? They can find me on Twitter at Chuck in the Chat. They can find me on Twitter at Figments Reality. Steven? Yeah, on Twitter it's SJM Disney. And Jeff, where are you? I'm at Braindead92 uh, on uh, Twitter and just Braindew, B-R-A-I-N-D-E-W, on Instagram. Excellent. And you can find original blog content by all of our Mickey Dude commentators on our website, www.themickeydudes.com, and tweet us at the Mickey Dudes on Twitter. And with that, have a magical day, everybody. You've just listened to another exciting episode of the Mickey Dudes Podcast. You can find the Mickey Dudes on Facebook at the Mickey Dudes Podcast and on Twitter at the Mickey Dudes. If you enjoyed our podcast, please share the love on Stitcher or iTunes. Thank you for tuning in and we'll see you again real soon.